to look a lot like Christmas. What's going on, Sam Boners? And welcome back to another episode of the Sam Boner Show. I'm Sam Boner Mick. Here alongside Mr. Mike Gill, Mr. Colin Thompson. How we doing, boys? I'm already getting gifts sent to me there, Sam Boner Mick. It is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. What do you got there, Mike? I haven't opened it yet. It's still in the package. Ooh, let's lot. get a little unboxing going here. What's live in the box? In the What's little, in the box? A little unboxing. Is it Big Dom? I mean, Big Dom in the box? I don't know, but it is feeling like Christmas there, Sam Boner, Mick. I'm getting ready for a little vacation time. I got about uh, two and a half weeks off, so you won't see me for the next, the rest of the year. Jeez. Two and a half weeks off? I'm off from the 20th to the 2nd. Uh-oh. Does that mean you don't have any fun and games with Colin and Mick? We got to get into the radio. We got to get into the radio, Mick. Is this a big dong shirt? Big dong shirt? Little Philly. Oh, wow. Perfect for spring training. Late March. There we go. I'll be there. Clearwater. I take off like the same dates all the time. So, you know, I take off for the NCAA tournament. I'm off that whole like, you know, Tuesday to Tuesday. So I can watch all the tournament games and not be bothered by anything. You know, Plus, I think, you don't have radio going on, really, for those, right? They're probably airing a lot of the games. We do air the Thursday. Well, we air all the games. But, yes, Thursday, Friday, I'm not on the air because we carry all the games. So, bang. And then the end of the year, I have all these days because it's use them or lose them in this company. So, I have to use them. So, I have off 20, 21, 22, then through the weekend, then Christmas days of Monday, then 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, all the way to the second. So, yeah, like I got a lot of time. What? That's like a teacher. And then in the summer, you just talk beer with Mick and, and where you're eating well, on the shore. When you get paid so lousy, you negotiate more um, vacation time. That's how I do it. Yeah, you don't want to give me any more money? I'll take another vacation day. Yeah, how about, how about four? How now, about Mike, is, is this going to interrupt your podcast schedule? Uh, nah, I mean, I can do this kind of stuff from home. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. We're going to need you, Sam Bona, Mike. There's no days off here in the Sam Bonerhood, as Colin and I would like to like to say. We're always grinding. We're always pushing the envelope. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Another beautiful episode on hand of the Sam Boner Show. We're firing on all cylinders. It's a beautiful, beautiful time to be a Sam Boner. Uh, big shot to the boys in the back at Not For Long Media for producing the shows day in, day out. Big shout out to our proud sponsor, the original Fudge Kitchen, shipping fudge all over the country. Fudgekitchen.com. No better time to get your fudge game on. My, my daughter was Sam Boning. Some fudge over the weekend. I said, hey, good timing. It's wild card month. Time to turn the page, Sam Boners. Hot roast pork month. Season 3.0 is officially in the books. We got a new number one on the top 10 list, which I'll really? post here in a couple hours. Oh, yeah. New number one. It's not your everyday hot roast pork like St. John. Not St. John. John's roast pork or Tommy Denix. The number one hot roast pork Sambo of season 3.0 goes to a little spot called High Street. High Street Philly, High Street Hoagies. There's a couple locations. These guys continue to crush it. They're baking their own bread. They're 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 marinating their own hot roast pork overnight. The broccoli rob, this little concoction that they're spreading on the roll. I've never had anything like it. I'm a huge hot roast pork guy, so with that said, I'll drop the top 10 later, but number 1 High Street taking it down. Okay, so on this note, Mick, you got it. Came me this weekend. My buddy lives in Brooklyn, and he came down. Him and his wife, 
a couple couples we had at the house and it was great Christmas parade. It was absolute. Most people I probably I've ever seen in K May ever. It was bonkers. South Philly steaks and pork in Brooklyn, New York. He brought down because I DM'd DM'd him their spot. Hundred and fifty thousand followers this restaurant has, and wow. it's literally called South Philly steaks and pork. You know what think good things look like. I thought you were gonna say because oh, there's another place in New York called Federoff's roast pork that has a gigantic oh, no, following. No. Somebody actually Sam Bone Federoff. It is them. It but it that's the at Federoff's roast pork, but the yeah, okay. Oh, but yeah. it's weird. They don't have their business name at the top. It says South, it's but the logo says Federoff's. My apologies. So it's so Federoff's. we had a Federoff's we had a Federoff Sam Bone come in this month. How'd it do? Oh, he was he was gloating. His his cheeks were were blushing. It was so Bro, good. he brought him. This is this is a good. This is a sign of a good situation when you drive and you bring it multiple hours, not fresh. And he pulled up the Sam Boners and he pulled up my reviews. And the lady's like, "Make sure you do this to the oven. There's a way to do it. Do it this way. Do yep. not do not feed it to him cold." Yes. But I, we had a cold. I had a late night cold. I had <laughs> I had the cheesesteak late night when I came back Saturday night. Italian hoagie was on everything. Italian hoagie, roast pork, cheesesteak. The big three were. The Sam Boner's going to Sam Bone. I will say, though, there is something to be said about the, you know, there's a lot to dive in here today, but we're, you know, we're off the rails as usual. But like the traveling cheesesteak, quote unquote, right? There's places out there that don't travel very well. And there's other places that travel incredibly well. And that's a big deal. And if it doesn't travel well, there's also tricks, right? My trick is to wrap it in tinfoil put the oven on like 300 and let that sucker marinate for like 20, 25 minutes. That's and it finally did. gets it all back together. You crisp it up a little bit, but it takes patience. It's methodical. Better <laughs> off. Did I tell you, I was, I was, you know, they don't mess around when they have the really good Italian cheese in the Italian hoagie. Like it's so sharp that you can't ignore it. Like they had, uh, the place I've never, I've, I've never really thought about the whole like road show with the hot roast pork. But then again, if it's coming from a place like Federoff's, it was I mean, so a world renowned place, dude. <laughs> and I, I, we're, I'm an hour and forty five minutes from it, and I haven't been there. I go, wow. to, I go to the Madison Square Garden every Christmas, and I still haven't gone there. This, this is the year. This is the year. But the difference between Madison Square Garden and Brooklyn could be like two hours. Yeah, not really. Yeah, forty That's minutes. True. I'll be in New York next weekend. I may have to hit it. Next week. I'll be there during the week next week. Uh-oh. Here he comes, baby. Choo-choo. NFL Radio's finest, Mr. Colin Thompson. All right, boys. Let's get fired up. Christmas is upon us. 20 days till Christmas. Wild card month is uh is is off the is off the rails. And uh week 13 of the NFL is officially in the books. Last night's game was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I stayed up and watched the entire game. Uh, you know, I hope that Trevor Lawrence is is not out for the season because that would be a complete dagger. He He's went down. Be, it looks like a ankle sprain. So I yeah. Don't I don't think he'd be out for the year. Yeah, Hopefully yeah, that, yeah. Looked, that looked bad, but yeah, you're right. It sounds like gang doesn't. It, sometimes they look worse than they are. That would look like it. It looked like one of those, like you might be, you know, thinking like a Liz Frank where he just went down without being hit, you know, yeah. or you know, about yeah. foot injuries. I've had them all. That's why when you see that ankle and he throws the helmet, right? You're like, Oh boy. But how about Browning, right? I mean, let's touch on that game real quick, and then we'll dive into the Eagles. I'll, th- I'll give you my take on the Eagles, and then we'll di- we'll dive in the Eagles. But like, but how about this guy Browning coming in, thirty-two for like thirty-six, three hundred plus yard. I mean, the guy threw an absolute. Did you guys? Yeah. Two. Uh, I forget what it was. It might have been ESPN countdown or whatever. 
they showed his high school football stats. The dude threw like 99 touchdowns and like three interceptions. I mean, that's how these guys awesome. are. He was awesome at Washington. He was really good at Washington. But, you know, some of these guys, like, it's, it's just like, it's so hard sometimes to comprehend that you could be so good here and then go to the next level. I mean, so good there. And then that's it. You, you, you are no longer able to matriculate to that next level and dominate the way that you did at high levels. Like Washington is not some, you know, second rate. They're in the college football playoffs this year. So it's an unbelievable power football. It's a top 25 tr- perennial. And you can excel there. And then you get to the league and it's like, I'm just another guy. I mean, so we'll see if he can keep this up. He was terrible his first uh, his first game, but, but why does know. a guy like that fly under the radar, Mike? Man, he's in a spot where he's got a guy in front of him. But why didn't somebody else? Dra- I don't know. Like I don't want to tangibles intangibles in the intangibles. same game last night. CJ Beathard is a third round pick, and you're like, how is CJ Beathard a third round pick? You know, long like, time ago, long time ago. Right, but I'm saying, like, what did somebody see in him? It's like you never know. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder in all these instances. Why do, you know, people – and then you go to a spot where they draft you with the thought that you're going to be our backup because we have a starter. The Eagles value a good backup quarterback, so they took a Jalen Hurts in the second round. They've taken guys where they want to develop a good backup quarterback, and then you're kind of blocked. So these guys never get the opportunity to show. Now, I don't know that Jake Browning's going to be an all-pro, but it, these things always amaze me, that you could be so good at the highest of levels and then get to the professional level, and, and you look like you've never done it before. It's a pyramid, right? The more you move up it, I, I my mom's best friend from high school who coached all around the NFL, who mentored me all the way through this thing from 10 years old when I said I wanted to play in the NFL to where I'm at now. He said, Colin, it's a pyramid. Get to the next step and just keep focus on getting to the next step because it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller at the top. They answer mixed question, what's it take? Why does he get swept on the rug? Just pure intangibles, pure intangibles. What? How big is he? Not that big. Does he run that great? Oh, he's okay. Jalen Hurts intangibles through the roof. Joe Burrow's intangibles through the roof. Josh Allen, his senior year, he was not very good at, at Wyoming. What, what happened really was, though, all of his players left junior year. I played with a lot of those guys that was on his roster his junior year at Wyoming, and they were nasty. But, uh, you know, long story short, it's all intangibles. And there's so many good backups in the NFL right now. Look at Gardner Minshew and what he's doing with the Colts. Like, this guy's going to – he's going to get a job next year. I think there's a really good one not even playing with the San Francisco 49ers, and that's Sam Donald. If I was the Jets, I would have called the Niners and said, I know this is awkward, but I'm ripping the Band-Aid off and we're bringing Sam Donald back because it's the same offense between the Niners and the Jets. It's the same verbiage. It's everything. That that was one of the things I think you could have got for a fifth or sixth round pick. You would have got your first round pick quarterback back. There's a lot to unpack, but the bottom line is intangibles. And now the backup quarterback position is so, so Oh my God! So important. Is, it's just you know you're watching the, the final moments of the Monday Night Football game, and it's Jake Browning versus C.J. Beathard trying to win the game in overtime. But how about the story where the Jets have asked Zach Wilson to take the job back, and he's like, "I don't want it." Yeah, that's <laughs> how great is that? That's a Ben Simmons situation there now. It looks like oh, I'm, it's tremendous. There's a I lot of smoke Jets, out of that place. The Jets have done something that is almost impressive. 
They have managed to find the three <laughs> shittiest quarterbacks you can find and put them all in the same roster. How do you do that? you got to be strategic in your method to say, I'm going to find the three worst possible guys I can find to play that position and put them all on the same team. Well, welcome to the NFL. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I guess now I kind of have a better understanding why Jets fans act the way they just There's a different Bro, breed in general. Dude, that's why you're like, oh, Philly would have filled it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. place, dude, my buddy. Well, I digress. I digress. I, I feel some I tough for them. I feel for them. They've had some. I mean, yeah. And I personally, like, I'm. I've always been a big Sam Darnold fan. When I saw my own two eyes in Carolina, I'm like, whoa, this guy's actually really good. But he's had some really tough places he's been, and he was great the first three, four games for us in Carolina. We were three and zero that first year. Should have beat Dallas. Do you think that they should consider starting like a a whole nother organization? Not a whole nother organization, but like maybe split both the teams up, the Jets and the Giants. Where the Jets get their own facility and the Giants get their own facility, maybe oh, sharing the facility helped you know doesn't allow their their identity to shine through. Oh, I yeah. don't know. They have different practice facilities, which I know that's not what you're referring to. Oh, they do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Ones in ones in like really nice, like uh, North Jersey, out west, and then ones you know East Rutherford. Robert I know we talked Washington. about this too in the past too, but like, what defines a Jets fan versus a Giants fan? Is it is it geographical? The like Jets are more like Long Island they, because they're training camps at Hofstra. So you have a lot of the Long used Islanders. Used yeah, yeah. Used, their origins are like the Long Islanders are more Jets. But even my uncle, who's like kind of Central Jersey, North Jersey, Belmar. Yeah, the, Giants are more, the Giants are more like North Jersey. You know, it's always been like the Mets fans and the Jets, like Queens, Long Island. That's more Jets. Brooklyn, Manhattan, North Jersey is more Giants. And then, yeah. you know, and you got Jets, Rantos. Mets, Knicks. Uh, no, Jets, Max, Mets, Nets, right? Yeah, but hold on. Do they intertwine? This 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 episode sucks. Well, everyone's got married. Talk about this. People are getting married That's now, weird. right? Kids. And, but I, want to, yeah, I know, but, like, can you have a Jets, Devils, Mets fan, but then a Jets, Rangers, Yankees fan? Like, yeah, my uncle's, intertwine? A, my uncle's a Jets and a, and a Yankees fan. It's not one or the other. It's it's kind nah, of like a, yeah, a that's, you know, well, that's the problem. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. You also have the Islanders who are Long Island. So yeah. it's usually Islanders Jets yes. because of the Long Island thing. The Devils and the Nets were New Jersey's team. So the New Yorkers didn't really cling to them, you know, because that was the, like the Devils are still in New Jersey. They're in Newark. The the Nets were in East Rutherford, and then they moved to Brooklyn. So Brooklyn kind of adopted this thing. So they're not really in the whole New York kind of stratosphere. Yeah. I, I I went to college with a couple North Jersey guys. One was a giant. I mean, he's Giants and Yankees, and the other one's Mets and Jets. There you go. There's your. There is your. If you listen, if you tune in today to listen to. New York sports knowledge, you got that, it. That, that sounds about right, Mike. That sounds about right. And 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 quite honestly, like to, to Colin's point, like we we likely just lost a hundred listeners. And no, we, we did not. Listen. Because I got people, <laughs> Mick. I got people call call me and say, sometimes a lot of Eagles. I, I'm not an Eagles fan or whatever. Listen, let me ask so you this: question. Good. This is good. We're mixing it up. In the old immortal words, in the immortal words of Harry May, let's get it back to the Eagles here. Oh, they Do are you so. Think, they are you so think funny. Philadelphia? could handle two pro teams in the same league? Great question. In the same t- city? 
Yeah, like like the Philadelphia A's and the, like let's say there was an American League team and a National League team. Sharing a stadium. Yes. I mean, that's a great, great question. Not now, enough people. Our population is like only a quarter of New York, Mike. Yeah. But at the same time, that's that's the, that's the, that's I think that's part of the problem, right? These big NFL organizations need their own facility. Like they're hiding under this. This Giants, I don't know. I think it's a little different. Like, I think that they should have their own stadium. They should have their own organization. Well, like, you think they could put a team, say, out in the Northeast as, like, a different team and then another team in where it, in South Philly where it is right now and that they both would have separate fan bases? Yeah, I don't know how that would or, be. Or if you now. something like, like, for instance, like they had in San Francisco, Oakland. I mean, those towns are pretty close to each other, and they they support it now, not the same size. But if you put one team in Philly and the other team, say, like in the Cherry Hill out that way. How I want up you, Mike. I want up you, Mike. And, and this is kind of off the football topic, but how come Baltimore doesn't have an NBA team? It's really – Baltimore's small, I small. mean, compared to – but They're small enough to have an NFL and a – Premier baseball team. baseball team. They're only a two major sport town, though. They're not yeah. a four, They're, and and they don't have a. Um, they couldn't handle it. I don't think. I don't think it would bring enough people in. No. Have, they, have they learned about the Sam Boners DMV? Uh, they have not. <laughs> a growing phenomenon well, listen, in the growth I stage. Actually, I actually worry about Vegas getting oversaturated. Vegas is not very big. It will never. The hold on a second. The the, the Golden it Knights. Will never. The Golden Knights hit a home run because they won immediately. So it is now immersed in their culture, this hockey team. They're a hockey town. Locally, yes. But if these teams, you give them the Oakland A's, and that team's not any good, there's not a lot of local people that live there. That's not a big place. I mean, there's not even a million people that live in in Vegas. To support four teams, because eh, they're going to get an NBA team, too. Well, we, we talked about this back in, like, April, May, Colin. You were showing us pictures of the attendance at the Oakland games. Yeah. There was, like, a thousand people. There'll be more people there. I think here's the thing. Locally, hockey, you need a good, strong local audience. You really do. Like, you're not flying in looking for the NHL slate and who's playing. Now, you should because the best ticket in town, entertainment-wise, I've heard is that hockey game. I heard it's the best place to watch a hockey game in the country. Oh, yeah. That's what I've heard by multiple people. All the hockey shows. To your point, though, I'm booking a trip with my friends, and the Phillies are on a three-game series out in Vegas. I'm going to that. There's going to be a lot of away fans, and it's okay. There's going to be a lot of Oakland fans, and that's okay. I think it's going to be more entertainment. They're going to build around entertainment and not fandom. And that's you know what, what the place is. Look at the Raiders stadium. There's clubs. There's people dancing, throwing money. It's that's, way different that's than football. a different situation. You're getting road teams coming in for the weekend here. For baseball, you do too. you're in the middle of July. Who the hell's going to Vegas? In Indoor. The Hot as hell. Indoor. But a lot of people aren't taking a trip out there in the middle of the summer when yeah, those things not. are going on. You're going to go see the Oakland, the, the Vegas A's play the Royals on Tuesday night. I just don't think they can. I don't think that town's big enough to support Four now they don't have basketball. They're going to get basketball when the when the NBA expands. But they have they're going to have three teams that they're going to have to support down there. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I really don't. Could Atlantic City support a professional sports team? No, they can't even. No, no way. Not now. I would say this. I always ask this question because you guys see what's going on in these leagues. I mean, San Francisco plays in Santa Clara. That's like an hour away. A lot of these places now. The Atlanta Braves, they play like an hour outside of Atlanta. 
Yep. So these professional teams are finding these like suburbs and building stadiums in these like desolate places. And it's about to happen in Chicago. Sadly. Yeah. So if my question would be, Mick, to you, if the Sixers, Flyers, Eagles, one of the teams said, we're going to do that. We're going to go build on a big piece of land in Mays Landing, which is out by the Mays Landing is in by Atlantic City. It's 15 minutes from Atlantic City. It's where the horse track was. It's yeah. now desolate. Yeah. If they took that land and put, hey, you know what? We're going to put the Phillies there. Would people from Philly do what we have to do and travel an hour to go see games every night? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a far-fetched question. Shout out to the Atlantic City racetrack, though. That place is iconic. And I've had an, uh, multiple opportunities to go there and catch some races and bet some OTB. I love that. You know place. exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. My uncles used to take me there when we were, you know, a bunch of misfits playing golf on Saturday mornings and like, then trying to buy. <laughs> for us, it's for us, it's second nature. We want to go to a game. We get in the car. We drive an hour. You no, know, Mike. Look, it's it's not it's not out of the equation because South Jersey has a large population and 95 percent of South Jerseyans are Philadelphia sports fans but i think you still got to be closer to the heart of this city i think but it's a uh, unique colin said the trend is starting to become these towns these teams are getting yeah but we're not hold on a second yeah but we're not we're not building fake towns in south jersey right we're, i think it's too dense in the northeast <clears throat> can't do yeah. it way different yeah way, if, if, if anything they should bring the racetrack back it's culture I, my degenerate ass misses that place i miss ubering from seattle let's get in the uber it's like 30 minutes we'll be fine Think about being a Giants fan You're a, or a Jets fan. You got to go into Jersey to go watch a game. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah, but they're all from there anyways. People aren't from the city going into the games. So nobody in Manhattan or... or they the do. Boston. They hop on the train. They take the train. It's no problem. Right saying, they, they, that's second nature. But like Chicago, they're going to be moving like an hour outside of the city. You go to see a Detroit Pistons game. Um, Auburn Hills is way out there. I mean, there's a lot of major cities... Dallas, Fort Worth. That but thing. You're is going west now. You're going now. west, which is which was built way later than yeah. the East coast. So you I, have. I, I think. I think if Philadelphia, if, if if anything, Colin, you brought this up in one of your social media clips about Delaware football becoming Division One. If anything, the next stadium in our general area needs to be for Temple, and that One would half. help them solidify as a number as a, as a serious D1 football college football contender. But without that facility, if they got to continue to play football games at the link. You know how much that costs? Yeah, exactly. Dude, almost exactly. a million, almost yep. a million. A but game. Like, what's up with that? Like, why do they not have a football stadium at this point? Where's the room? Where are you putting it? They were going to do it at Temple. It was signed, sealed, and delivered. A couple people complained. 10, 15, 20 people got out there with picket signs, and they did the whole walk in March, and they're yelling at us at freaking training table. And I'm like, I'm just, I'll be gone next year. I hope there's a stadium. Yeah, and it's ever since then, program has dropped, and there's no one at the games, and it's a shame. Delaware football is going to kill Temple football. Like yeah. I didn't say that on my social media clip, but it will kill it, and we'll be having golf outings to raise money for Temple football at Atlantic City Country Club in about ten years or five but years. To, to retort to your point, Colin, and your point is accurate. Like, hey, these are places out west. My point is, there is space down where we live to build a stadium. You oh, can yeah. build- it's not that far. Right. And, and, but I'm saying it's second nature for us down here to drive the hour every, like, I know season ticket holders that go every night to Phillies game, Sixers games, every Eagles game, Flyers game. We drive 45 minutes to an hour. There is room to build 
a stadium. Look where the Atlantic City Surf played at Bader Field. You could put a football. Right, you know what, Mike? I, you know what? I, 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 I'm kind of with you at this point because I've spent a lot of nights driving to Phillies games from the shore last summer. It's an extra 20 minutes, but it's a, it's, you're driving. You're moving, right? It's all highway. It's all expressway. So at the end of the day, it's not a lot of bumper-to-bumper traffic, up and down Kelly Drive, Lincoln Drive. I mean, the traffic any, any anymore is an absolute shit show. But I think out too, of Jersey, it's not as bad. And you got to think, too, like, okay, so who is the future of the fans? They all live in the cities. So there's a lot of people on those subways. There's a lot. It's like a part of the progression, right? It's yeah. like my dad was a fan. My mom is a fan. I moved to the tenor city. I went to the subway. I took the Uber. I got down to the game. I tailgated with my uncles. I partied. And then I moved to Maniunk. I found a way into the games. Then I moved to Conshohocken. found my way into the games. Then I moved to Bucks in Montgomery County like everybody else or South Jersey. And then I got to raise my kids a little bit, take a period of time. I'm not going to games. And then I'm buying season tickets just like Mick does and brings the kids. Now. So I hear you 100%. I think there's it's too late in Philly. And there's a reason why the Sixers are going into the city, like you said, Colin. Awesome. I mean, People that hate that, where am I going to park? Uh, have you ever gone to a game in Boston and asked yourself that question? Have you ever gone to Madison Square Garden and asked yourself that question? Right. You come up from the train station and you say, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> You're, well, it's just a camaraderie cool. feel. And then after the game, you go downtown, you get a bite to eat, you do what you Add want. To that, but to, to, to confound that, though, people like us, you talked about, well, the Giant fans, they just take the train into – MetLife Stadium. They're used to it. It is not something that, like, if you're coming from the Jersey side, where are you parking to go to a Sixers game? Not that I'm against it or anything. I like the idea of having, I love seeing the, the arena in the downtown. I'm just saying. It's not that hard. You go to, like, Marlton. You go to Marlton, hop on the train, 30 minutes right in. It's not that bad. It, it, right. It, to me, and you guys are spoiled up there now, because I'm coming from. about something that is ingrained in people's culture of. <laughs> Ride and train, ride and train, ride and train. But they, but they won't be catering to them anymore. You drive from be- Atlantic. You drive from Atlantic City to stop in Marlton to get on a train to go over there. That's like, eh, that's a whole other step. Just to go. Every to game will be sold out. Everybody <clears throat> in the city will be walking in, and 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 it will be more of that. It will go from you'll be watching the games at home. You may go to two games a year now, Mike. It will just change over right to the city to the younger fan. To the corporate side, it's going to just change over. I'm interested to see if the younger suburb fans, you know, your Haverfords, you're you're out that way. Are they going to take drive into this? Are they going to subway into the city? We got a great, great rail system here. That's what I was just about to say. You don't appreciate it until you're gone. Yeah, Philadelphia public transportation when it comes to septic trains from Doylestown, Lansdale, Warrington, Warminster, Bop, no Warrington, but Warminster. Whatever, do the whole circle. Mike, you could do a full circle around the city of Philadelphia, one hour north and southeast, west, and there's a train that takes you right into Temple University. Every stop, Jefferson Station, which is where the Sixers will be playing in Reading Terminal Market, 30th Street Station, every time, no matter what. So that's why when temp- people say a Temple, oh, oh, can't have a stadium there. Where are you going to tailgate? What are you talking about? The train gets off right there. It used to wake me up at 4 a.m. every day at Temple. Used to go right by my window. My building shook. You can get off the train, walk down the steps, five minutes, you're up on Geezy, and that's where the stadium was. So, yes, I know it's not culturally maybe in our culture, but they do it in New York City, the biggest city on planet Earth, one of them. Hey, there's a lot of there's I a think lot of major city. Like I was in Pittsburgh this summer, and they have a great uh, train system, you know, yep. subway system to get you to PNC Park and all that stuff. <clears throat> you know, if you're not used to doing it, you know, for – But the, – 
it's just a time to turn over the fan. It's just going to turn over. This is a crazy cycle, right? Like, yeah. we're, we're, you know, we're just a part of the journey and we're having fun on our ride. But like, someone would say you got to shake down the fan there, Sam Boner, Mick. Shake. We're shaking down the weekend right now, Mike. And we haven't even got to it yet. I'm jacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we could, you know, we wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for, uh, you know, quick shout out. Have you guys been to Pete's Famous Pizza yet? Come on, A lot on, of people man. have been going though, Mick. Representing the show for three months now. If you haven't been to Pete's Famous Pizza, you know, like it, it, the, the undercard here is the Stromboli. Like, if you haven't had Pete's Famous Pizza Stromboli, look, it's Wild Card Month. No better time to Sam Bone a nice little Stromboli. Anything goes in Wild Card Month. Shout out to our good friends Pete and Gus at Pete's Famous Pizza, Mustaki Authentic Year Rose. These guys are absolutely crushing it. Multiple locations throughout the city. Uh, the primary locations are both right in Logan Square. A new Mustaki just opened up in Fishtown. These guys are franchising out. They're growing every day. They are nothing but just pure passion behind their product, their food. Uh, you know, again, quick shout out to those guys. Continue to do it. Continue to crush it. Can't thank you enough for all the support here at the Sam Boner Show. I'll be getting my Sam Bone on. Can't wait to go. I'll be there December. I'm hitting all of our... <clears throat> Beautiful, beautiful partners here, not for long media, like December 21st, 22nd, when I'm coming up for the holiday. Oh, oh here he comes. It's going to be like Santa's sleigh. Just on ready vacation to... all that whole time, Colin Thompson. Give me a call. <laughs> Mikey Gill, meet me at all our wonderful sponsors here. Now. By the all way, right. Sam Boner, Mick. Yeah. What is January's month? So, good question. It's never set in stone. We did try to roll out a calendar and that, you know. Mick doesn't do well with calendars. Well, that's a sales opportunity, the Sam Boner calendar. You get a calendar with every month of what it is. But by the way, thanks, Mike. Say that again because that was you're preaching in the choir. Yeah, by the way, wild card month needs to be January lined up with the wild card football game. Who's marketing over there? Come on. (laughs) Oh, give me a break. You know that the summer was a ton of fun, grilling, beer month. You lined up the summer months nicely, but wild card month needs to be when the wild card playoffs get well, tied. This together. year we kicked off the year with wing month. And, you know, I think that kind of call can continue to keep, keep Sam Boners on their toes, man. And, and yeah. wing month was a ton of fun. And again, there's no better time to Sam Bone wings during the wild card playoff season. So again, when it comes to wild card, we're looking to just kind of, you know, Put your guard down, be merry, be happy, have a couple cocktails, anything goes. You know, I haven't even kicked off the month. It's December 5th, and I'm what about way behind. What about a drink and a food for each month? Like we have IPA month. Mike would be all crazy for that. The whole pairing. We could do like a light beer month. Little peppermint mocha month in December. That's the wild card, Mike. Sam Bone, a little peppermint mocha. All right, look. We're 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 we're, by the way. I took a I took a look, I took a sip of a nice. IPA this past weekend up at Bone Saw in Glassboro, baby. Swoosh is the name of the beer. Hit it, Mick. What's the rating? I gave it about a four, three out of five. Okay. Eight points. You want me to give it on the Sandboner scale? That would be about an eight, three out of 10. So not eight, six. We're not going to double it up. (laughs) It was was good, but it wasn't. uh, I'm striving for perfection here somewhere. I will find the perfect beer on this. And that's, the, and that's the perfect segue into what we need to address. Perfection. Striving to find perfection, Mike. Yeah. Look, bring on Dallas week. But before we do that, first and foremost, it looks 
pretty clear that the Eagles and the 49ers is becoming another gigantic rivalry right up there with Cowboys Eagles, but I'm struggling. I am. I'm struggling. And it does have a lot to do with that perfection comment, Mike. And here's why your Philadelphia Eagles are 10 and two. And I feel like after every single game, whether it be Hertz, whether it be Kelsey, whether it be Brandon Graham, there's a common theme that continues to come out of these players' mouth. And that theme is we haven't played our best football. We haven't put it all together. Now, look, San Fran, I hate to say it, they're clearly the better football team. But at the end of the day, we still have the best record in the NFL. Our schedule for the remainder of the year outside of these next two games, I mean, we're pretty much all, in my eyes, we're already 13 and two. But Colin, I'm going to go right to you, man. Like, help me understand, like, like what's it going to take to put it all together, find your best football? Have you have you witnessed a team that has been 10-2 and two and has yet to rope it all together? Now, again, this is a good thing. It's a good thing, but it concerns me because I wanted to see it last week, and I sure as hell want to see it this week. Make you bring up some great points. I think the real positive out of this is – it's a wake-up call and not the old wake-up call the fans want to hear. Like, they're going to play harder and tougher and try harder. No, you think Hassan Reddick wasn't ready to play that game? You think Darius Slay wasn't ready to play that game? Or Jalen Hurts didn't put the effort in during the week? Of course they did. They're pros of pros. The Eagles have a loaded roster with veterans, great players, younger players. My thing is, we even played their complete game. I ask why. Is that on the players or is it on the coaches? Or is on a little bit of both. And I think that's what these losses help you find out. It's going to make you tighten things up. This is what we're good at. This is what we're going to do. We're not going to apologize for it because I feel like the Eagles can beat you so many different ways at times. But now that alleviates that. So what's the plan? How are we going to do it? How are we going to attack it? And how can we play that perfect game? That's on the coaches to figure that out. That's their job. That's what they get paid to do. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do in Dallas. Are they going to stick with one theme? Is something glaring going to pop up? Like, hey, you know what? It's crystal clear the Eagles are doing this this week. And, and now you can't do as much. you got to keep it simple. And I think the Eagles are trying so many different things offensively, defensively, and I think they'll keep it simple this week versus the Cowboys. Is there something to be said about – or is this all bullshit? But like, Is there something to be said about the coach, like Sirianni, not showing – all his cards like again another another question for you like how does deandre swift only run the ball six times like yeah yeah i think i think it's a cultural thing all together and play your best football at the right time then why is your running back only getting the ball six times it's a cultural thing they they don't it's it i think it's what happens a little bit mick is they're getting a little andy reed patrick mahomes situation like kansas city chiefs should have beat the eagles not because of the drops and all that but they stopped running the football why I have no idea why. They have four guys that can run the ball in Kansas City at a pretty good clip. So I think it's like, hey, we got to get our ball in our best player's hands. And DeAndre Swift's not your best player on offense, but he's damn good. Damn good. Mm-hmm. So they were running downhill with him the week prior. It's Here's a, a question it's, I got from it's a buy in. It's a buy in. And you could see the buy in of San Francisco to the run game and why these wideouts are wide open because of it. It's like well, the old basketball term. Hold on a sec. We got to get the ball inside. Get the team in foul trouble, have them pack the lane so our three-point shooters could shoot. And that's what San Fran believes in. And you see it. It's not the opposite. We're like Golden State's chucking threes. And then 
they play the ball inside later because you got to play perimeter defense. And that's kind of what San Fran does. The Eagles are the opposite, right? They're shooting threes. But at the end of the day, like it's still a running football play defense league. I don't care what anybody says. Well, I, I got a couple things, Colin. One, you play tight end. If you're in the tight end room this week and you're watching Philadelphia's linebackers, I would have to imagine Kyle Shanahan saying, these guys are not very good in coverage. We're going right after 41 all game long until he proves he can stop us. They did it with running backs. They did it with running backs. Well, they have Kittle who works the middle of the field. You have to be account for him. They've got Debo Samuel, who works a lot of the middle of the field. He does a lot of jet sweeps, so you have to account for him. Then they have McCaffrey, who you absolutely have to account for. So if you're a tight end, that week they might say, hey, George, I don't know who they're going to go with you with, but it might be Morrow. It might be Christian Ellis, who's never stepped on a field. It might be fired, but you're going to get a lot of attention from one of those guys, which is going to set up a matchup that we really like. So to me, styles make fights. And if you're San Francisco, the, the, the personnel you have is not a good style for what Philadelphia has. Philadelphia looks at that tape and says, what do we have in this room to fix what we did wrong? We don't have anybody. We got to go on the street and get Shaq Leonard. And I don't know that that's a fix, but that's what they had to do. They saw they were deficient in one area, and that area is not good to be they, – they, they do not match up well with those linebackers and with what San Francisco has. Listen, no linebacker in the league is ever going to match up well with running backs, period. Maybe Fred Warner no, with the not Niners. every running back. Not every running back is I know, I, I, a good I know. outrunner and proficient at catching the ball out of the backfield. They might be a bad matchup, but some of these running backs run sloppy routes. Yeah, but I'm just saying most guys now in this running back world, other than Derrick Henry, like Gainwell, Swift, all the Eagles running backs can run routes really well. Now, here's my thing. Yeah, but the problem is in this particular week, Colin, and, and you know this, when Jack Stoll's in there and not Dallas Goddard, I don't have to pay as much attention to him. I pay more attention to the running back. The Eagles but, but, don't but it's all matchups. It's all matchups. The coaches set those up. Yeah. The coaches set that up. Kyle Shanahan set those matchups up with the running back, Chris McCaffrey. You could put Christian out there at number one receiver, like they did with Debo Samuel, run a little jailbreak screen, and it's out the gate. You can spread people out and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. But there's, I'm going to football nerd here just for a second, just because, you know what, that's my value on this show. When the Niners come out with a fullback and George Kittle, the best blocking tight end in the NFL, what do you think is going to happen? Run or pass? Wait, what, what, oh, when they have a fullback. Fullback and George Kittle on the field. What do you think? Right, you're going to run the ball. Run. It's called 21 personnel. Two backs, tight end. What'd they do in that personnel? Spread you out and throw the ball. So what the Eagles do is they bring bigger bodies on the field because they got to stop the run. Got to yeah. stop the run. We need more linebackers. We need less corners, right? Okay, great. We're going to throw it on you, and we're going to match up guys one-to-one. -one. So that takes the less skilled player of the Eagles, the defensive, the linebacker, versus C-Mac, Kittle, Pickett. And they're just picking their poison, right? Like, they just picked their poison and empty. And then when they went with little people, no fullback, just George Kittle and a bunch of wideouts, what they do? Ran the ball. Because why? You have more DBs on the field. So that's what makes the Niners so scary is their personnel. And the Eagles have the same personnel. The Eagles have the same personnel, just about, other than Christian McCaffrey. So you can argue it's like, why aren't the Eagles offensively doing the same thing? And that's what I'm saying. Now, if Goddard's healthy, you have those things. But that's my question. I'm putting the onus on the staff 
Every, there's got some great players. They have great staff. It's not like the staff's fault. My point is, why are you running the football and why aren't you building the offense around the run game? Because, boy, oh, boy, they can do it. They can do yeah. it. So, But uh, but my concern, Colin, like you're – I will say, I, and I watch this day in and day out or week in and week out, your confidence on the Philadelphia Eagles is slowly going downhill. And now you quickly – it's obvious that the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. If they're healthy, there's no one even close to them. If they're and, healthy. And, you know, so, Mike, what are your thoughts? Do you – does San Fran have to get knocked off for Philly to get into the Super Bowl? Uh, well, no. If, if Philly wins out, then San Francisco can't catch them. That would be one. They're still one game ahead. But if they end up tying, San Francisco would win the head-to-head. If Philly loses next week to Dallas, now chaos ensues. Yeah, but what's the big deal? They, they, they had home field advantage last night, two nights right. ago. Yeah. They got yeah. After the Dallas win, one of the things I think I said here was, Philadelphia wins by making the other team get uncomfortable. They're saying we're comfortable winning this way. And Dallas is saying, we don't want to play that way. Miami, we don't want to play that way. So Philly plays a style for a lot of teams that make, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable to beat Philly. Well, San Francisco is willing to win uncomfortable. They are willing to be uncomfortable to win a football game. They don't care about the aesthetics. The aesthetics look good in the end. Why? Because they're so freaking talented. Now, one game doesn't define what this matchup looks like. San Francisco got the better end of them in this particular game. It's how you build. And we said all along, look, Philadelphia was not going to go 16-1. and It's not attainable with this schedule. You just weren't going to get through it. I would ask Colin, how much stock do you play? You've played this game. Three games in 13 days versus a team that had 10 days off. A oh. team that's extremely talented, and you've played three games in 13 days. Do you look at that as making an excuse, or is that a legitimate reason to say San Francisco had more gas in the tank? Because Philadelphia got out of the gates and looked like the better team for 12 minutes, did they not? Yeah, so I, we talk about this a lot on the show. I always try to bring the insider kind of thing from a player's perspective. I always talk to us about <clears throat> when you are good football teams, it's really hard to stay at the top of the league. Like it's really, really hard. And that's, what's really impressive about the Eagles. Yes. My optimism is sliding a little bit, but I still think people need to slow the overreaction down and, and, and move forward to it the next week. Cause I, and what Mick said, what, because I just don't think this is who the Eagles are all the time. And I think the Niners can blow you out, right? Like, is that a real, is that a game to eat? The Niners players wouldn't say that's a normal game, right? Like it just happened. <clears throat> so on the short rest, right. There's a lot of primetime games. I always talk about this. When you're just an okay team, you play a lot of one o'clock and four o'clock games. You're home by six, seven o'clock, dinner with the family on Sunday night. Remember, they're human beings too. I know it's hard to believe for people, but they're human beings too. You're home, you have some rest. You, you go in Monday, you got a good night's sleep. Tuesday, you get a good night's sleep. But when you play these primetime games, you play Monday night, you play all these. All of a sudden, you're getting in, you're walking into your front door. If it's at home, you're walking in your front door at three in the morning. If it's away, you walk in your front door at six in the morning, maybe longer. And everyone says, well, you got a week to recover. Okay, that means you're one less day recovered on Wednesday. One less day. And all of a sudden, you got – so that, I think it matters, Mike. Now, St. Fran had a crumb across the country. Yeah. And, so my point is this. At the end of the day, football is real simple. You got to block and you got to tackle. Eagles miss tackles. But why they miss tackles? Everyone's – that's what I don't like about media. The Eagles are soft. They miss tackles. Do you know what they're doing? Eagles some fans, of that media. Want- some of that media played the game, by the way. And no doubt. But if you played the game and you understand this, 
give me the reason why. And that's what I always talk to Jack about. He's like, well, this is this. I'm like, well, okay, tell me why. And, and that's exactly my point, man. I, we need, like, I think the Philadelphia, I think Nick's, this weekend is a gigantic statement game. I'm about to tell you why, though. Go ahead. Tell us. Thank you. Here's why. Eagles fans, you want pressure? You want pressure. Everybody wants to blitz. Got a blitz. Is that what Sean decides defense is? Never was. It never was. It never has been. I'm going to pull up the stat here because this is a big one. Uh, Brock Purdy. Of course, I can't find it right now. 10 of 11 against the Blitz for three touchdowns. 10 for 10, <laughs> 213, and three tutties. Why? Now, why? And I'm talking about Seth Joyner right now. Why, Seth? You're a brilliant football mind. You're good at media. I mean, he's great at media. I'll make that clear. <clears throat> Seth. Why, if they miss a tackle, why guys weren't rallying to make plays? If you play zone coverage and Ben don't break, guy misses a tackle, the next guy makes a tackle because he's right there. There's a bunch of zone. Eagles play Ben don't break defense now. That's what it is. So when you see coaches and teams pressing to come back, right, because they were losing, they're going to bring pressure. They're going to blitz. But good teams and coaches like Kyle Shanahan and guys like Brock Purdy who get it and ball's gone, and they have guys like they have. They have like seven guys that are unreal. Yeah. So that's why tackles were – listen, you got to make tackles, but angles are tough in man-to-man coverage. That's what I wanted Seth to say. The we numbers need. are crazy. The Niners gained 213 yards after the catch. Yeah. 148, yeah. though, after contact, Yeah. which is is crazy to Because think. there's no one else there. Because there's no one else there, right? And you're you're on an island one on one against right. some of the elite players in the league. I, right. Yeah, I, look. that's what I wanted Seth to say. Yeah. Seth said well, the Eagles suck at tackling. So well, does every other corner in the NFL. That's why look, they're cornerbacks and, and, and not safeties or linebackers. And just because, look, you could play a game, but your mentality is based on what you've learned. And Seth was on a team that just sent pressure, 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 which is beloved by the fans in this city. But Malcolm Jenkins was on my show and said, I asked him about, do the Eagles blitz enough? This was last year, John Gannon. And Jenkins said to me, any coordinator worth his salt does not want to blitz. No. These guys do not want to blitz because this league is all about, remember we used to hear the Chip Kelly era, man, they're giving up all these X plays, X plays. They don't want to give up big plays. They're fine giving up 7, 10, 11. Because the principal concept is, and uh, Colin, you could probably talk more about this than me. This is just my uh, um, thought. If you are going to drive 10 to 12 plays down the field and score on us, you're going to have to do it multiple times in a game. A 10-play drive is not easy without a penalty, a flag, an offsides, a, a this, a delay of the game, an interception, something. And if you score on a 10-play, seven-minute drive, and got six, well, now do it again. Can you put together another 10-play, five-minute drive? It's not easy. And that's the premise of these defenses that the fans get so mad about. They give up all these yards. But in the end, if you're only giving up three instead of six, that defense wins. It's the days that you don't give up three and you give up six that the aesthetics of that defense looks like, what are you doing? But in this game, they listened to the fans, and they got their ass kicked because of it. Good stuff. They're bend, don't break, folks. No, and you know that this game could have went any, uh, it could have went a different way if we could have maybe just punched one of those first two scoring drives in the end. Totally zone. agree, Mick. If it's if it's fourteen nothing, 
instead of six nothing. Well, we won the first quarter six nothing. They won the second quarter fourteen six, and the rest well, the rest of the history. You feel like you dominated that game, and it's six nothing, and they come down and score to make it seven six. It's like all that work we just did, and this is what I'm talking about. These long drives the Eagles put together, they were impressive, but at the end you only got three. And then, you know, like this, you know, this, this Shaq Leonard guy, yeah, like Mike, you mentioned, he, he's a, he's a bandaid perhaps, but I think I have the right solution for the Philadelphia Eagles as we close down the rest of the year. Like, why not strap on a little uniform for this Dom DeSandro guy? Suit him up. Big Dom is the new middle linebacker for the Philadelphia uh, The Eagles need Gary, the security guard from the Phillies game, <laughs> laying dudes out, tackling. That's what they need. By the I way. Mean, yo, is this guy stopped through the roof right now? Uh, real quick, yeah. real quick. Shaq Leonard in pass coverage this season. This is from Jeff Kerr over at CBS. Quarterbacks have targeted him 21 times. They completed 17 passes for 158 yards and a couple touchdowns. So he has not been good in pass coverage yeah fighting injuries if he comes back and he's healthy he's the best linebacker in football so we'll see it could be a long-term play story here. to me though and i do want to talk about the dom thing i'm sorry i just want to the, the, the you mentioned Shaq leonard the fact that the colts are in the playoffs yeah i know it just said we don't need this guy is confusing to me why well listen he wouldn't unless the dallas wouldn't have let him leave Unless the agent's working with a little leverage and eagle the agent said hey listen we need you to go to dallas first if you want, want to go to philly you should visit mm-hmm. Dallas, and they'll sign you. But no, All Mick's right. right. The Dom thing's hysterical, man. I can't wait to get into it. Hilarious. You know, and it stems back. I want to have like a quick little rule segment. Colin, keep that that nerd hat on football-wise. Yeah. You know, because that whole thing stemmed from a body slam, which we talked about a couple of weeks prior. Like that rule has to go or eventually has to be implemented where players can't be body slamming other players. But there was a couple other situations that I noticed over the weekend Two, I want to point out and call me crazy. I am crazy, but I feel like these rules are just like, even the guys up in the booth don't really have a full understanding. There was one play in particular. I wanted to touch on. It was the tight end from the Arizona Cardinals. He caught a touchdown pass, one step, two step, three step knee touched. And then when he hit the ground, the ball fell out, went up to the booth, everybody in the booth, even the guy up in New York said that's a touchdown. That'll hold up. And the ref comes out and says incomplete pass. Did you know? Did you catch that? That's a catch. I saw the play. They've been doing a lot more of that. Did he survive the ground? You can also say last night that catch for the Jaguars on that tip yes. pass, that wasn't a touchdown. Like, right. That guy was bobbling it and was falling out of bounds when he secured it. Like, that's not a touchdown. I think it's pretty clean and cut. Everyone said, what's a catch? No, hold on. So hold that thought right there. Sorry. Hold that thought because I want to tie one other play into the mix. That game last night. So if one, two, three knee isn't a touchdown, then why is Trevor Lawrence ball break the plane, but he quickly fumbles a quick touchdown, right? I mean, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't finish the play. He didn't finish his motion. So kind of like help me understand the, the differences between both of those plays. I, I wish I could, Mick. If I could, I'd be working for the front office in the NFL. <laughs> because the bottom, you're 100 percent right, man. 100 percent right, Mick. Like yeah, so you cross the plane. Yep, Tutty. Great. We get that. We've seen that for years. If it's a catch in the middle of the field, say a guy was on his a hand was on that guy's back. You catch it in the middle of the field. Catch, two steps, fall on a knee, hands on the guy's back. And then he fumbles. What happens? They're going they're gonna say it's an incomplete pass. No, they're gonna say it's a catch because he got tackled. Oh, right. right? In, in the middle of the field, right? That's what I'm saying. Middle of the field, right. What's the difference? 
it's that's like my beef scenario by the, scenario yeah it's the same scenario i caught the ball in the middle of the field i take two steps i go to my knee and his hands on me but that tight end like the acrobatic he's had a great game great acro- the acrobatic that it took for him to just come away with that catch getting three feet in the end zone a knee down is ex- a million times harder than what trevor lawrence did last night just put the ball over the plane touchdown like yeah. that's bullshit Trey McBride. This game is so over legislated. I can't even imagine, Colin, the the, the conversations you guys have on a oh, side. As you're playing defense, everyone's you want to play corner in the NFL today? Good luck. No. Like the like the uh I Travis, don't play any defense. The Travis, <laughs> I wouldn't. The Travis Hunter kid from Colorado, the really good player who was hurt. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what should he play in the league? I'm like, you're nuts if he doesn't play wide receiver. Nuts. I wouldn't want to play corner. They're indisposable. They're talking about trading Gardner Johnson with the Jets because. And he plays corner. Like, at the end of the day, you need like pass rushers, and you got to like have a f- complete offensive unit, and that's how you win in this league. Period. Like pass rushers, everyone's good on offense, and you're going to win. Like you're going to win because these poor defensive players, the PI, and you're going to win a lot. But I guess there's always one outlier, and it's the Niners. The Eagles have built their team with the oh. pass rushers, and they have kind of put the blind eye to the linebacking room. They, they always have. Linebacker, right, running right. back, the Eagles. It's a, it's a. And they've won a ton of games under that style. So you and with qu- quarterback on the big, big money now, you can't pay everybody. Correct. So the Eagles have gotten by, won a ton of games by just saying, "No, we're not going to pay our linebackers. We're not going to pay our safeties." But now you have one team who says, "You know what? Teams aren't paying linebackers, and they're not paying safeties. You know what we'll do? We'll get guys who excel in the middle of the field against teams." <laughs> that don't really value those positions. And let's see if we can change the concepts of this league. And it's about to happen. Green law. First big dom. I'll, I'll, I'll take us in as we transfer. Go ahead, Mick. No, I'm just going to ask you, like, you think there's more parity in this league now than there was two weeks ago or less? It always gets more power. I mean, it's stronger and stronger. Look at the Colts, Texans. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, like outside yeah, of these supposed to be dead. You're supposed to be dead. Look at that kid. They're not it, dead now. They're it, it alive. Really is. It really is. It's it's interesting, man. I mean, there's so much attention on the Eagles, the Niners, and even the Cowboys, obviously, because of this week. But look at the Lions move to 9-3. and three. The Dolphins manhandled 9-3. and three. The Bengals knocked off the Jags last night. Like, this league is wide open. It really is. It really is. I think San Francisco – I mean, um, Kansas City is taking a big step backwards. Do you count them out? Not necessarily mm-hmm. – but there's no clear-cut favorite. Miami, their whole mantra this year is they haven't beaten anybody. They look great when they win, but they really haven't had a signature win against any team that you say, well, that's a playoff team right there. They haven't beaten a playoff team, I don't think, Miami. So the <laughs> AFC is just a jumbled, wide-open mess. Baltimore is kind of the Philadelphia of the AFC, where they don't win really pretty. It's kind of like, eh, I don't know. The problem with them, I think, in people's minds is, Lamar's had so many failures in the playoffs. They might have a good regular season, but is he going to be able to overcome his postseason problems? So the AFC, I don't think there's any. And by the way, you got teams like Buffalo who are not even in the playoffs right now. Houston is not even in the playoffs right now. And some people look at those teams as more nuts than teams that are in the playoff bracket. Buffalo is going to have a nice, nice win this weekend in Kansas City. Coming off the bye. They're ready to rock. This is the playoff push. There's some grown men in that room, coaches and players-wise. I love the Joe Brady edition. Buffalo, 
That's a big one. But you got Chiefs Bills this weekend, Niners Seattle, Jags Browns, Colts Bengals, Eagles Cowboys. I mean, that's a great. I mean, those big week. Are huge. Big week. Colts Bengals. You got Gardner Vinshu versus Browning. That game's going to get great ratings <laughs> because <laughs> of the parity. The league is yeah. healthy as it's ever. Tell you what, it sounds like a great weekend to make your way up to uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania, and get yourself a little steaks, Westchester Ooh. or pizza, Westchester. Dude, this guy Spear up in Westchester. Shout out to Spear Pizza, Pizza Westchester Steaks, Westchester. This guy's taking over the cheesesteak game, or he's taking it over by storm, I should say. Like Colin is Sam Bone and his uh, bowl of cereal right now. What do you got there? Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Colin. But anyway, you know, shout out to these guys up in Westchester. Westchester is becoming like the the cheesesteak capital of the world. Honestly, there's all kinds of great spots. But shout out to Steaks Westchester, Pizza Westchester, holding it down strong, supporting the Sam Boner Show. Can't thank you enough for all the love and support. If you haven't been there, I'm going to be Sam Boning there this month. I got to get there. As a matter of fact, there's already been like six fresh Sam Bones coming out of Steaks Westchester and Pizza Westchester. But I have yet to get there, so... I'll be getting my Sambone on there this December. We, we need to really get the app going, Nick. You oh, know, yeah. You, you and I have a lot. We do a lot, and we try new ways. We're going to have March Madness bracket coming out, guys. Real unique stuff with that. Different sponsors. They're, I mean, Mick and I are freaking grinding. A lot of us are here. Not for long, and Samboners, and we're really thankful for Mike for joining us every Monday or Tuesday. But Wait, Can I ask you a quick question about this Dom thing? We need a map. We need an app, though, real quick. What? Dude, keep your dong in your pants, Mike. Dom, I'm about, to, I'm about to give you some insider scoop on the Dom thing. Go ahead, Mike. I, I, okay. So we were having this conversation on my show on Monday. Is it, it standard for the security guy to be standing next to the coach yes, during the game? 100%. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Because yeah. that guy's been standing there for years. All right. So it's not crazy that that guy was st- – because somebody was like, what is he even doing there? I'm like, the guy's there all the time. All the but- time. I don't know it for other teams. I guess yes. because he's yes. so recognizable. Correct. And he is someone that stands out as opposed to, I don't know, who's the guy standing next to Kyle Shanahan on Sunday? I never saw him. I never yeah. see. I feel like I never see anybody Big else. Big Dom is. Well, I mean, the whole the whole situation escalated. Mike, you, I'll show you. I got to send you a video. The, the guy that spots Sean McVay, is, it's, it's absolutely hysterical. Like, he's chasing Sean McVay up and down the sideline and pulling him back. Guy. Well, well him that's back. a strength coach. That's a strength coach. Well, he's the, he's the, he's the assistant, though. He's, his job is to keep him on yeah, the sideline. Yeah, two different roles, He's though. a totally oh, different really? He's the get-back guy. He's that's the get-back guy. So usually get-back it's a strength. Guy. Usually that's what they're called. <laughs> I want to be a get back guy. Yeah. <laughs> you go be an assistant train coach and check kids into breakfast at 5 a.m. and then make sure they go to dinner at 7 p.m. and then make sure you check their bed check at 11 p.m. and you can be a strength coach in college football. God bless those guys. I, I hope that he doesn't get in trouble for that. He's going like, to. There was a body slam. He broke it up and then the guy. No, he didn't break it up. up. He didn't break it up. And that's my problem with it. Here, listen, I love Big Dom. He didn't break it up. He went like this. No, he went right to him. What you do when you're a staff member. Mm. you go and you turn right to your player and you remove your player from the situation immediately. That's right. You could pull him and turn your back to the Niner guy. Correct. You're Big and Dom. Said, you're the security guy. You I, will your- agree with, I will agree with Mick on this. He just basically stepped in, but by stepping in, he big gave boy. green light to green law to take a little bit of a swing, and he pushed him in the face. Now, he tried to retaliate and didn't quite connect, and he didn't try to retaliate with force. He just kind of like, but if he does his job correctly, 
he takes Devonta and turns his back and says, hey, I got this taken care of. Get over there. Instead, he kind of gave the old bang, which opened up the door for the swing. And it's always the second guy, the yep. instigator, five, two minutes for instigating in the box. Guys, this is professional football. You are a staff member. I don't care what your job is. You never, ever, ever touch a player. And rule number one, you never touch a player on the other team. I know people are going to hate this, and it's Big Dom, and he's a sandballer, and he's a legend. <laughs> and everybody, listen, I love Dom because Trey Burton loves him because every guy I've talked to is obsessed with the guy. And I would probably be best friends with them in Philly because I'm best friend, I'm great friends with the guy with the Giants still, and I haven't been there for years, years. They're the best guys in the world. They're like former cops, former FBI agents. Oh, no, they said they, they, he's like their counselor. He's like the player's counselor. Yeah, let me tell you, I just heard, I mean, Troy, I just heard uh, Tori Smith on yep. – Was it either. with you? Yeah. I heard that whole conversation about how he still talks to him and calls oh, yeah. him whenever there's a problem. These guys, he's like, when I don't want to confide in a coach, I go to that guy. There's so, plenty yeah, of guys. But yeah. my point to all this, guys, is just – Good conversation, Colin. I'm just saying HR-wise, it's a no-no. You don't put your hands on another player on the other team ever. And he put his hand on him. Whether he put two hands, he swung. You just don't do it. It's just not – I'm just I'm just giving you guys – Yeah, I think we'll see. I think I – think, I think He's going to get a slap on the wrist. It may not be public, but he, you turn around. Your job is to de-escalate, not escalate. Yeah. And I you, gotta, you hug your player. This is what you do as a player. Even guys who's your best player on the team and he's ready to swing, you bear hug the shit out of him, you lift him up, and you get him out. Because we got bigger things to do. We got to win a football game. That's why I get – and then there's two things in me, right? The big Dom, I love Sam Boner. Dom, I love this guy. But I'm just giving you the NFL side of it, how he's going to well, get – I would say this. Whether or not – Nick Sirianni apologized after the game. Like, that's that's. Oh, Sirianni, you heard him say, like, I'm sorry. Like, you heard Sirianni. Yeah. He knows the rules. He but he also, Shanahan was kind of being like, ah, I didn't like his stance, honestly. He all cost him his one of his best players. And the Eagles I'll lost their security guy. Shanahan – I would all like like the league, even if Big Dom didn't really do anything that we're like, ah, eh, that was nothing. The league does nothing not happened. want That's a like player. Now nah, something happened. The league does <laughs> not want this being what everybody's talking about during the week. Correct. That's the problem. You work for the league. You work for the league. You don't work. You're not a he's an employee of the Eagles, but he, he's a part of the coaching union, if you will. The player's different. You could fight if you all you want, but Staff right. is different. shifting a little gears as we wind down the uh, the weekend shakedown. Mike Gill keeps looking at his watch. He's a busy man, folks. Two to six, ESPN Radio, South Jersey. Catch him Monday through Friday. But speaking of winning football, speaking of winning football, Colin, Mike, how would you feel if you decided to go to Florida State to oh. play football and reel off 13 straight wins to go undefeated? and not make the college football playoff championship? Well, I was listening to PTI yesterday. I love the show. And Mike Wilbon said, you know what? Everybody always talks about football, the greatest lessons in life. You really do. I'm a product of it. You learn a lot, a lot. And I, there's a million things I'm getting to, and that's not what the question was. But Mike said the system felt, failed that narrative of football teaches you 
the best lessons in life. Yeah. I disagree. That taught Florida State another amazing lesson in life. Uh-oh. Big business. Money talks. Uh. This is big business. Is it right? Is it right? Is the world fair? No. <laughs> it's not. We're all we're all looking at each other right now, grown men, trying to be grown men and trying to be better and make money. But we all know this. The world is not fair. Now, it takes care of good people. I do know that. But the world isn't always fair. And that's what Florida State learned. Another valuable lesson in life that it's the world's not fair. And it's really, truly a shame. I would be devastated, Mike. Yeah. And I feel horrible for those kids. I'll make that clear. But as I'm saying in closing, they got a great lesson of this is a big business and they don't want happening what happened with the TCU right. blowout last year. I got a lot of issues with that right there. Go ahead, are, we, good. are we supposed to be teaching people that life's not fair? And then the recourse. No, is, I don't think you're teaching anything, but it's big business, man. This is big I understand business. That. So we're saying that life's not fair. So then what? Instead of trying to fix it, we're just going to say life's not fair. You know what's going to happen next? Florida State's going to say, well, we're in the ACC. No good. We're getting out of here because you guys failed us. Oh, I would. If I'm Florida State, I'm going tomorrow. I'm going to the SEC. That that can't be the answer to the question all the time. And this is the society we have created is, wasn't good enough for me here? I'll just go there. Not good enough for me there? I'll just go there. They've been in the ACC for 30 years. At some point, and they've won national championships in the Florida State. Year one, Division one football, dude. Not anymore. Yeah. Hold on. It's not anymore. They're playing Wake Forest. They're playing – Okay, but then, okay, help me understand how JMU at one point this season was ranked 18th in the country. I will say to, uh, to counter my argument, I'm sorry, Mike, we're jumping on you. They did play LSU. They did play Florida and beat them too. Okay, I'm going to ask you this question. Here's the problem we have. The perception in our minds is that the SEC is so far superior, correct? It's a couple teams, but yes. There's two teams. Two. Georgia, Alabama. Give me the third team in the SEC that scares you. LSU. And Florida State beat them. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you, Mike. The third team, LSU, wasn't even the third team. Missouri, Old yep. Miss. I mean, yep. the problem is our perception of the SEC is based on two teams. It's based Both. on players. It's based on the players being good in the next level. That's what okay. I mean. Boy, Kirk, Herb Street was on McAfee last night. Like, it's a godsend this is moving to 12 teams. Well, I, actually, I well, think that's going to be worse. But going to be worse, yeah. Here's the here's the next thing. The Big 12 really didn't have any teams. Texas essentially beat Alabama, and that's it. Who's better, TCU or Clemson? This year, I don't know. Well, TCU right. sucked this year, right? They were just average, but that's my point. Who's better, Baylor or NC State? Who's better? Um, I think they're oh, chalk. I think the leagues are chalk. I think they're yeah. even. Exactly. The ACC schedule was essentially the same as the Big 12s and the SECs. Florida State got screwed on the perception of the past, not on what is currently here. But I will say this. The one caveat that I think they went to was the quarterback got hurt. And when he got hurt, they said in their rules, if there is an injury that will impact your chances, that will be factored in, and that's what ended up happening to Florida State. Yep. So these kids didn't do anything wrong no. other than the fact that they had an unfortunate injury that happens in life. Hey, sometimes you something happens and you have to rebound from it. But point. I, I hope, though, Colin, my, my, my follow-up to that is, I hope they see it as that's what happened, not as, well, the ACC is not good enough, so we have to leave. 
or right. I have to transfer from here now because this school can't get me to where I want to go. That's not the case. And, 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 and all, all kidding aside, if you pulled 100 people in Michigan, who would you rather play, Florida State or Alabama? They'd say Florida State. Oh, Florida State should – right now, Florida State without that quarterback, they should be behind Oregon. They should be behind right. Georgia. I would put right. them behind both of those two players. Is there anybody out there watching this or you two here that think that Georgia's not one of the best four teams? I think so. If I they think- lose that game to Alabama in September, they're probably still in as a one-loss team. The transfer yeah. portal is getting out of hand, and NIL is getting out of hand with it. Um, but I'll tell you what, it's given a gift. College basketball, it's spread it out. You can get two well, good your players. Boy Rule made an interesting comment the other day. He did a million bucks. Yeah, a million bucks. But that's you know, fine. You they they have it. You need 1.5 or 2 million. And that's a year, folks. That's per yeah. year. So yeah. my point is, in college basketball, you can get two guards, right, or guard a big man and pay them, and then everyone else could be role guys, and you end up being like San Diego State running. But in, the NFL, in college football, it's helping the top 12. And before, my thoughts were, man, I don't like the 12 because it's going to be too washed up. But I'll tell you what, this year, it would have been really, really fun and interesting. Really I don't know, man. Did you see they had, if there was 12 teams, what the pairings would have been like for the first round? Yeah, the first round would have been tough. I get that. But I, I think – There wasn't a game that I would have been interested in. Yeah, but I think you're, you get the Oregons and you get the Florida States and you get the Georgias and you get that that mix in the middle, Missouri. <clears throat> yeah, so, here's the thing. When it gets to 12, Mick, the difference is we're, we're having this conversation about the highest of high-level programs that got bounced. When it gets to 12, we're going to start to be talking about the old misses and the TCUs, and nobody cares about them as much as they care about Georgia and Florida State. That's the big difference. See, this creates chaos. This is a made-for-television event. Notre Dame never deserves to get in, but when they have the conversation, we're going to take them. Because well, nothing can beat March Madness, baby. Nothing. Nothing can, right? But it also sucks leading up to it because it doesn't really matter how you do. You just got to kind of get in, you know? So it's chicken or the egg. March Madness yeah. is the goat. You're right, Mac. Hundred percent. It's the All goat. Right, let's, uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, I have another buy or sell segment. Today's buy or sell segment is brought to you by Hank Sauce in Sea Isle City, New Jersey. Wow. Use that Sam Boner promo code Sam Bone and get your hot sauce game on today. Enjoy the holidays with some Hank Sauce. All right, buy or sell. Buy or sell. My wife came up with this one: the ugly sweater Christmas party. I'm buying any reason to get with friends, have a good time, have some cocktails, be merry. I don't care if you got to wear a onesie, a jersey, a sweater, have a good time and rip it up. I'm buying it. I'm out on the Christmas part, the, the ugly sweater thing. Some guy's making money off of a stupid idea and it pisses me off that I didn't come up with it. But <laughs> I am a fan. <laughs> I am a fan of the themed holiday party. In fact, my New Year's party theme this year is 90s alternative and grunge. Oh, I'm out on that. Loving. Who's your top grunge band, Mike? I'm 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 a big Smashing Pumpkins fan. By the way, Smashing Pumpkins are playing Citizens Bank Park in August with Green Day. I will be there, baby. I'm a Green Day fan. Okay, I like it. I'm also. I'm also going to. Got to show up looking like Billy Joe Armstrong. I'm also selling, Mike, because I have yet to ever come across a Christmas sweater that is comfortable. They're always itchy around yeah, the neck. Yeah. And I don't need some crazy, I don't know, picture on my sweater. Just give me a general red and, hoodie. And I'm you, fine. It's ironic that today I don't have a quarter zip on. But if you give me a quarter zip ugly thing, maybe. But the sweater, you're right. It's itchy. It's uncomfortable. You're stuffy in that thing. Come on. Out. Right. Bing. Light bulb. 
We are making Sam Boner ugly sweaters for next year. <laughs> I should just partner with the ugly sweater company and do some Sam Boner hoodies. We should, for sure. But yeah. All right, boys. The Christmas tree's lit. The lights are up. Hot Roast Pork Month is in the books. High Street's your number one. The Sixers are 11-7. and seven. The Flyers are 13-10. Oh, and what a win last night. We're they rocking and rolling, baby. They are fun to watch. And I don't care what anybody says, oh, here comes the 10-game losing streak. That's not happening this year. I'm jacked for the Flyers, man. I, I had a, last night I'm flipping between the games. Like it just gives something to watch. Like yeah. they are fun. They are no, fun. No, dude. I'm telling you, there, there's a potential shift approaching, and it could take a couple years. Yep. But like, you know, the Sixers are playing out in Boston or up in Boston, and there's no MB, there's no Maxi. Like, how do you get behind this shit? Like, I don't the know. Flyers are fun to get behind with Torres. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you see his quote the other day. He's like, you know what? We make dumb mistakes. We go get momentum and we lose it. But you know what? We got balls. I was like, oh shit. We I got balls. I love it. I, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm a diehard. Big Dom's got balls. I mean, Dom's got balls. Big Dom. And again, I'll make it crystal clear on the Dom thing as we wrap. I love the guy. I don't want anything to happen to him. I'm just saying I know how this league works. He's gonna get a slap on the wrist. And Sirianni's probably gonna pull him in his office and say, I have to talk to you about this because that's my job. I love you to death. I think you didn't do anything wrong. Just next time, remove my player. Please just remove our guy. Focus on our guys, and you'll never, we'll never have a problem. That's all. I love all Dom. Right. I love that. I wish it would have been a big fight, big scrap. Would have been great. <laughs> I love, I love football fights because guys. Ouch, week, baby. What do you think, Mick? Early prediction as we wrap. Well, if they can put it all together, Colin. Prediction? No. no, no, none of that. What do you think? Your gut right now. You got two sentences. Tell me how the game's going to go. Go. I think we. I think we. Fire on all cylinders. I think we are a better football team than the Cowboys. I think Jalen Hurts has a lot to prove from last weekend. The, the entire team has a lot to prove. They come out and they lay a can of whoop ass on the Cowboys. Final score, 42-24. to 24. Birds. Mike, what do you got? Uh, I had them losing this game from the jump. So uh, <laughs> I think uh, a lot of panic will settle in after this game because I don't think it's going to go very well. By the way, they are playing another game, so this will be their fourth game in, what, 20 days? Dallas has had 10 days off to prepare for this game on the road. I think Dallas wins, and I probably think they win handily. This will show you what the Eagles staff thinks of the Eagles. If the Eagles are fresh for this game, that means they trust their team so well. Even after their worst loss of the season, they're doing walkthroughs. They're giving them more time off to rest and to sleep and recover. Usually after these losses, guys, it's put the pads back on. We're going to go run into each other. We're going to be super physical. We got to grind back. But really, you're beat up. It's the end of the year. You're tired. There's no bye week left. There's no Thursday night football left. You're, you're rolling. So we're going to know this game exactly what the Eagles staff thinks of them if they're fresh and ready to go. Who, who, who are you taking, Colin? Uh, I'm going to go birds in a close one. All right, so good. You have a you have a job. Here by the way, by the way, Colin, what do you think? The Eagles got their game flexed to Monday night, the following week. So that's another wrinkle in the schedule that they're going to have. Now they're going to get the extra day off on the Correct. one side, but they're going to get the short end of the stick. Now after that, they got the Giants, Arizona, Correct. and the Giants. But this is another example. You're talking about Monday night. You get a, you're in Seattle too. Seattle Monday night. Let's do the let's do the quick math. Let's put it all in Eastern time, even though you're out west. You got to what time? Games at what time? 8.30? Yeah. So you play three hours. You get a shower. You're on the flight by – you're on the flight by one. 
1.30 Eastern time? I, I think you guys are overthinking this, though. We, you know, we, we, we put these two games to rest. We win both of these games coming up. I think we're in the driver's seat. Oh, no doubt. There's no, no question. You, Giants, Cardinals, Giants, I get that. I'm just saying they're not going to get back till 8, 9 in the morning on Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm me, if I'm the Eagles. That throws I'm your week off. That throws your week off. If I'm them, if I'm the Eagles, I'm saying we're going to stay overnight, guys. Yeah, Sorry. by the way, just for the people out there, if Dallas wins the game this week, and then both teams win out. Philly would have the tiebreaker over Dallas at 14. Yes, yes, they would. But San Francisco has the tiebreaker over both Philly and Dallas. If all three teams finish 14 and three, San Fran would be one, Philadelphia two, and Dallas would be five. Right. So we would have to play San Fran at Candlestick. Do they still call it Candlestick? Levi's. Not about 30 years. Levi's. <laughs> Hey, I'm an old soul. What do you want to say? It's not, right. it's not even in San Francisco anymore. It's an hour. It's in Atlantic City, dude. <laughs> Zamboners. Let's Zamboners. Go Let's go Flyers. Let's go. I'm so jacked up. When they scored last night in OT, I was doing cartwheels. My dog's like freaking out. I'm like, what is up? Let's Kidding go me? Spring training 2024. All right. This is good. You guys want to run it back another hour or what? Yeah, screw it. We can, we can talk all day. Great. I just great record stuff, this and I'll record this and throw it on the radio so I don't have to work today. Yeah, yeah, Mike. We just we just did your poor guy. You did the whole day. Six one zero. Back. Let's go. Nick Foles or Carson Wentz? What do you think? I was always a. I was never a Foles guy. Never. Yeah, I mean he's a backup. I don't blame you. Great player though, and great when it mattered the most. Yes. Good I'll stuff, fellas. One day, but not – I said, I'll take him for one game, but not 17 or 16 back then. Think about the talent on that team in the Super Bowl compared to the team now in Philly. Philly's in a great spot. Sam Boner out. Happy Cheesesteak Month, Sam Boners.